Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. I just feel the smile of heaven on this place and uh, on, on us, on you today. What a powerful time. And just something stirred in me as we were singing. Um, the other night we had a family devotion and we looked at Joshua chapter one and it's where uh, the people are about to cross over. So they've been in the wilderness and they're going to cross over into the promised land. And um, the Lord told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And he said it again, be strong and very courageous. And he said it three times, be strong and very courageous. And and here was how, here was the empowerment was, I will be with you. And uh, they were gonna face some attacks from the outside, but they were gonna face some attacks from the inside. And strength is about standing up you can, you can bear a load when you're strong. You can stand up. You can hold something up. Courage is about moving forward, okay? And so I, I think there's something in that for us. This morning, um, I just felt led to pray over our minds. Strength for us. If you've just felt like, man, I just, on the inside, I'm just, I've just been turned up and, and I've just been, you know, I, if you've experienced some kind of mental pain, or relational pain um, on the interior of your heart. I just want to pray for us right now. So if you would just bow your heads with me, and I just want to minister that to anyone in the room who is feeling that right now. Uh, We just thank you, Lord Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth is in you, Jesus. It's been given to you through the cross, through the resurrection. Lord, we bring the the cross of Jesus, the blood of Christ, the power of God over our hearts and our minds today. And Father, we just pray for strength, strength to hold up for those that have felt uh, just uh, confusion in their minds or have felt just mental pain for those who have been in the midst of relational things right now. God, we're praying for strength to stand Encourage to move forward. God, we, we pray for that now. Father, we, we pray against any scheme of the evil one in the name of Jesus. We say the Lord rebuke you. We declare the authority and the power of Jesus over that now. We bind it, we send it away in the name of Jesus. And we declare the peace of God. We declare your ordering of our thoughts, your ordering of our relationships, And we just receive the power of the Holy Spirit to bring strength and courage in those places. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. That was free, okay? But you're going to have to pay for the next part. No, I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) Hey, I haven't had a chance to tell you guys Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Here we are. 
2022. We're supposed to be flying around in cars, yet, but we're not there yet, okay? Um, so great to see you this morning. For those of you joining us online, I know there's many who are uh, ill. We have some that are still ill, some that are still recovering, some that are kind of like, yeah, we're going to wait and just see how this goes. We understand. We love you, and uh, we're with you today as well. Um, Years ago, I was serving at a church. I was kind of a new hire. I'd been there maybe a year. And there was a man in the congregation who was beloved, a well-loved man. If you were to ask the people in that congregation, like, who are the like top 10, top five Christians, strong Christians in this church body, my guess is they would put his name on the list, right? This guy was wonderful, loving, had a smile on his face, always serving, faithful, just wonderful person. And we were, um, of course, being a new person and a young guy, younger at that time, I was full of, you know, let's, let's do some things, you know, let's, let's do some stuff. And I was telling him about an emphasis, and it was about reaching new people. This was a growing town full of people coming all the time, much like our town. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, reach them and do what with them? And I was like, you know, double take, like, what? What would you just say? Reach them and do what with them? And what I observed and what I think happens is that a lot of times the parting words of Jesus where he says, go and make disciples of all nations and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age, that those parting words of Jesus are meant for someone else out there that's doing, you know, mission somewhere. But that's not what we do here. And that troubled me as a young man, and it troubles me to this day that that sense could creep up upon us as the body of Christ, that we would think of the Great Commission as something someone else does out there, but not what we do in here. We're going to look at Luke chapter 5 today, and this passage is beautiful. It's foundational because it's Jesus beginning his earthly ministry and he's beginning to call disciples, okay? And I just want to show us some things in the passage that I think are beautiful for us today. And it's Luke chapter 5. We're going to read the, the first uh, account of Jesus. It's verses 1 through 11. And I'll read it for us. And you just kind of follow along. It says this, as the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word. And I love that, that, that there was something in the teaching of Jesus that they knew this is God's word. And when people heard God's word, they were like, we want more of that. They're pressing in on him. And he was standing by Lake Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and caught 
nothing. We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. To which Jesus said, that's why it's called fishing and not catching. The disciples smirked with a look that said, I see what you did there, but that's not really that funny. Does your translation have that part? This is the Chris Standard Bible. CSB is what I'm reading from here. I thought that was really, we we took our boys fishing the other day, and of course they were catching nothing, and we're like, that's why it's called fishing and not catching, and anyways. Only when you're a dad do you appreciate these things, okay? Okay, so we've worked hard all night long, and we got nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. Verse six, when they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Except for the part that I added. That was the word of Chris. (laughs) What an intriguing way for Jesus to begin calling disciples. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how he uh, takes this moment and there's incredible dynamics going on and I can't cover them all, but there are some things that I think are very, very important for us, formative for us, especially as we look at beginning a new year and I'll save you all the like, hey, go to the gym and work out and eat better and all that kind of like, we're not going to do any of that here today, but... I want to talk about something that I believe is from the heart of God for us, because as I was praying towards this year, um, I just had a, a sense of this phrase, turn it up, which I think is probably like a terrible 90s dance movie or something like that, so, uh, or there is actually a dance competition called turn it up, and maybe the Lord's speaking to me about my dance, you know, skills, and I don't know, but um, It was this, a sense of, if you have an oven, like literally you're going to turn up the temperature, like the the temperature of mission, that that the Lord wants to turn up the, the missional, the evangelistic temperature of our hearts. And there's something in this passage that I think is helpful for us as we think about that. The the first thing is this, and I put it in personal terms, Jesus is recruiting you onto his mission team. I'll say it again. Jesus is recruiting you onto his mission team. There's a a dynamic in the story that if you were to read the first uh, or the chapter before this in chapter four, you would see that Jesus went to the synagogue and he preached and he taught and it was amazing, and somehow he goes home with Peter. I don't know if it's like, hey, come to my house and eat lunch or whatever, but Jesus goes to Peter's house, or Simon's house, and his mom, his mother-in-law is sick. 
Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. But apparently, Simon probably wasn't that happy about the healing of his mother-in-law. I think they might have had some... No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Because that wasn't the moment that turned his heart. But he saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law. By the way, I love my mother-in-law who's back there. We're, we're not like that. Um, the whole town shows up in his living room. And people are being healed one after another. In fact, some were being delivered of demonic strongholds. Like, it was crazy. And Peter's heart isn't turned. And there's this element going on where Jesus just happens to step into the boat that belongs to Simon Peter. And he teaches, and again, I'm sure it was an amazing, powerful word of God that was being spoken by Jesus, but his heart's not turned yet. But when he leads him out into the deeper waters, and he says, cast your net one more time. And there's this miraculous catch of fish. Simon's heart finally turns. So the Bible is filled with a God who pursues you. He pursues people. He goes after people. And there's something in the story that we don't want to miss is that Jesus is pursuing an individual person. He's after Simon's heart. And I want you to know that Jesus is recruiting you. He's recruiting you. We talk a lot about us pursuing Christ. You know, read your Bible and pray and seek and worship and go to church and be a part of a house church. Like, seek God, pursue Christ. But we can never, ever pursue Christ until Jesus pursues us. He's always first. And he's pursuing Simon. There's a, in fact, there's an interesting story in John 21 at the end of the, the gospel of John. Jesus has already been crucified. He's risen from the dead. The disciples are still kind of like figuring out what do we do now? And they go fishing again. And the same thing happens. Simon, Peter, and all of his buddies, they go fish all night long. And they catch Nothing. And Jesus calls out from the shore, friends, don't have any fish, do you? I love that. Don't any fish, do you? They said, no. He said, cast your net on the other side. And again, the net was filled because Jesus was still pursuing Simon, who had denied him three times. Jesus goes back to the place where it started with Simon and he calls him again because Jesus is a pursuer of individual people. And if you're here today and, and God's pursuing your heart, oh, praise him. Praise him. If you're like, man, he keeps stepping into my boat and showing up at my house. And oh, I'm, I'm so happy for you that Jesus is pursuing you because he loves you. There's a song by Rita Springer called Landslide, and it's a, a song that's been haunting me the last couple weeks. And it says this, you're after my heart, 
and you're going to win it. You're after my heart, and I'm going to give it. Every piece, every part, you're after it all. You're after my heart. He's the one who pursues us, and today, I want you to know that Jesus is pursuing you. He's recruiting you, but there's also a whole other dynamic going on in the story because it's not just Simon. There's this whole miraculous catch a fish, and there's meaning in that for us, that Jesus is not only pursuing Simon, but he's pursuing this whole world full of people. And he tells him, from now on, you'll be catching The meaning of the miraculous catch is God's pursuing the world. He loves the world. Jesus died for people. He's after their hearts. We say this a lot here, that the kingdom of God is to you and through you at the same time. It's for you and it's beyond you all at the same moment, that God wants to do something in you that's so much bigger than you, and it's about his pursuit, his love of the world. So he's pursuing Simon. He's recruiting him onto the mission team. He's recruiting him not to a closed fellowship that's gonna be so much fun, so meaningful, and so deep. He's recruiting him to catch people on mission. Did you know that you are Jesus' mission strategy in the world? He didn't write a book personally. He wrote the book. He's the word. But he didn't pin a book with his hand. He uh, didn't come later in time where he could record a YouTube video for us so we could all see it. He picked disciples and poured himself into them and said, go, I'm sending you. He's recruiting you onto his mission team. I will make you fishers of men. That's how Matthew tells the story. I will make you fishers of men. And the clarity, for clarity's sake, I just wanted you to know that the mission is to bring the gospel into all of life and all the earth. And I know we do a lot of things in the name of mission, a lot of good things in the name of mission. We fix stuff and we buy stuff and we, we give stuff and we do all kinds of things in the name of mission. But the, the mission is this, the, the, the gospel of Jesus making it to the people that he's pursuing. It's the salvation of souls. Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said this, this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Meaning this, it doesn't matter about global warming or whatever things you think might just end it all. Okay, I'm not saying that that stuff's not real. I'm just saying the end will come because the gospel has reached every living being on planet Earth. That's why the end will come, according to Jesus. Which means that our mission is not complete yet because Jesus hasn't come yet. And until then, we're on 
the mission team. Amen? Okay. Can I just throw in another side note? Mission is medicine. It's medicine. Here's what I mean. The mission of saving souls, it's not only God's plan to rescue the people out of the world, it's his plan to rescue us from becoming grouchy, judgmental, opinionated, critical, self-focused, and ingrown believers. Amen? It's medicine for us. It's actually the best way that God could, could incorporate us into his plan. It's like good for us. It's something that he wants for us. It's medicine to our souls. And when there's no mission in our lives, we actually get sick as believers in Jesus. He's recruiting us into the mission team. The second thing that I see in the story that I think is so uh, pertinent for us is that Jesus turns frustration into fruitfulness. I mean, imagine all the work that goes into net fishing. We think of fishing as like some guy floating in a kayak and he's casting his little lures, right? These guys had to get this massive net and drop it into the water and then pull that thing up. And if you've ever you know, lifted something wet out of the water, it is heavy. These guys had to wash the nets. They had to clean the nets. They had to mend the nets when they would break. I mean, it was a lot of work. And, and in verse 4 and 5, uh, Simon Peter, of course, Jesus tells him, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And he responds, master, we've worked hard. We've worked hard all night and caught nothing. That phrase worked hard is to toil with something. It's to weary yourself. It's to exhaust yourself. I mean, these guys have to be completely frustrated because that net, it's made to catch stuff. And when you fish all night long, and it's not like you caught a fish or a few fish, you caught zero fish all night long. I'm sure they tried all their best spots. They tried the honey hole over there. They tried the fallen tree over there. They tried the cove over on that side. It's like, where are they? Nothing. Absolute futility and frustration. Ever been there before? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? We worked hard all night long. We're, we're trying as parents. We're trying so hard, but we're tired I'm trying in my marriage, God. I'm working hard at this. And there's nothing. Father, I'm trying so hard in my work. I'm, I'm working really hard. And there's nothing. In our ministry, Father, I'm, I, you know I pray for this person every day. I'm looking for every opportunity to talk to them. I want them to know you so bad, God. I'm trying so hard. I've worked all night long, and I have nothing to show for it. We get there in life, frustrated. And as they repeatedly drew up empty, heavy nets, I just wonder if Simon's heart was being drawn up to the surface as the nets drug the lake floor, 
I wonder if Simon's heart was being dredged too. Maybe deep insecurities were being stirred like the cloudy unsettling of mud in those lake waters. Perhaps this is why it was Simon's turning point. You see, frustration has a way of revealing our hearts. When you hit the end of the rope, when you just, like, you've done everything and you don't know what else to do, you're just at the end. I'm so frustrated. And it has a way of drawing our hearts to the surface, pulling the deep stuff up. And I think the empty net, the empty net may have done its own bit of preaching to Simon's heart, perhaps revealing the emptiness of his heart and his soul. And I hear the words of Jesus, one more cast. I think some of you need to hear that today. One more cast. We've worked hard all night long. One more cast. I'm weary. I'm exhausted. One more cast. I hear Paul, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we did not give up. And if you're in the midst of frustration, I just want you to hear that from Jesus, one more cast. Because the point of frustration might actually become the point of fruitfulness for you, like it did for Simon. But there's something key that happens between frustration and fruitfulness. We find it in the words that Simon says. He says, if you say so. If you say so. That's the third thing I want us to see, is that Jesus is recruiting you to his mission team he can turn your frustration into fruitfulness, but he's looking for if you say so, people. If you say so. Which means this. The world does it this way. It does relationships this way. It does life this way. It does sexuality this way. It does business this way. It, it does family this way. This is, what, how the, this is normal here. But God, if you say so, I'll do it your way. It, it's, it's obedience. You see, fruitfulness follows obedience. God's looking for if you say so, people who will say it in the middle of frustration in the middle of exhaustion, in the middle of weariness, in the middle of I've worked hard all night long and I have nothing to show for it. And he says, one more cast. And you say, if you say so, 
master. By the way, that word master is the only, the only uh, place we find it in the New Testament is here in Luke's gospel, and it means boss. You ever have somebody that, you know, calls you boss when you order your food? Yes, yes, boss, right? It means leader. Yes, master. Yes, boss. Yes, leader. If you say so. Friends, we need, we need the word of God. It's essential for us. You, you need to know what it says so that when you have an if you say so moment, you'd be like, oh, I know what the Lord says about that. We, we need the voice of Jesus. In fact, we're, we're going to start a series, and one of the things I want to talk about is how do we hear God's voice, because I think that's crucial for us. How do we hear the voice of the Lord? We need the directional voice of Jesus that says, go a little deeper and cast your net. But fruitfulness is not something that we go and accomplish for him. John 15, verse 5, he says, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Meaning fruitfulness is not something that we're going to go do for Jesus. We're going to go do mission for him. No, 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 no. We're going to say, if you say so, God, if you say that we're supposed to go and reach people in our community, we're going to do that because you said to do it. We're going to cast the net, but Lord, we can't fill it. You are the net filler. We are the net casters. And if you say so, we will do it. Fruitfulness follows obedience. And the disciples' journey would be filled with lots of if you say so moments. And so will ours. And Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. But if he isn't the Lord of the mission team, the mission team will not see the harvest. Does that make sense? He's looking for if you say so people. I, uh, I remember as a kid being on the playground and we would do this game. I don't know if kids do this anymore, um, but we would play a game called Red Rover. Did you ever play Red Rover before? Yeah? And, and you know, you get, I think you start out with two people and you have you know, a whole nother slew of kids on the other side, and you grab hands, and you hold as tight as you can, and you pick someone. Red Rover, Red Rover, let Sarah come over. And Sarah would just run as fast as she can, right? And we're going to hold on as, as hard as we can. She's going to run. She's going to try to break our hands. But if, if we can stop her, guess what? She gets added on to the line, Right? And so one by one, the goal is to get all those kids in the line, connected, as, you know, holding on as tight as you can. And I was thinking about the, an element of the story that it kind of struck me recently, and it's, it's easy to kind of miss, but it's the net. Consider the net. That Jesus didn't say, I'm going to make you fishers of men with like fly rods and you're going to be in these beautiful mountains and you're going to go out by yourself and cast it. You know, it was like, no, no, you're going to be fishers of men. And it was this picture in their minds of like, we're going to go and we're going to drop a net and it's going to take a lot of work and we're probably going to sweat a little bit, but you know what? Jesus can fill the net. So we're going to just keep casting that thing. They had in their minds 
Red Rover, Red Rover, let Sarah come over. You see, the church is a network of believers. Renaissance is a network of believers that minister together in a network of house churches, which are made up of a network of relationships, literally us, hand to hand, holding on to one another as tight as we can. We are a part of a network with other churches across our city, across our nation, across our globe. And the church is the gospel net that we're casting together. Nets are meant to be lowered into the sea where the fish live. And nets don't lure the fish in with like a little fancy lure and it's like, I'm gonna trick them into taking the bait, right? That's not how a net works. A net is literally something that just goes down and it surrounds them. And I believe that it's a picture of the church together as this beautiful net that's dropped down into the place where all the people live and we're gonna build this net together and we're gonna surround them. And we hope that it's so good and the bonds are so tight that they're going to be like stuck in this thing and they're going to want to join the net. Nets are meant to pull fish out of the sea. And God is pulling people out of the kingdom of darkness into the sunlight, the kingdom of light. And so I just want to ask the question, this is the application today, is will you put your hand on the net we're casting together? Will you put your hand in the Red Rover line with us? How that could look is it could be connecting with a house church and literally linking arms with other believers and just learning how to grow together, love one another, care for each other, pray for each other. It could be serving on a team here at Renaissance, serving in a welcome team or set up and tear down or kids ministry so we can catch kids, little fish. We want to catch those fish too, you know? It could be serving on the prayer team or worship team or audio video. It could be inviting someone to come to the net like, come, come with me this Sunday. We're, we're, we're going to be at Jane Long or, or come to our house church. It's, they're cool people. You might like the net. It's evangelistic hospitality. The meal nights that we put on in our house churches to just say, like, bring somebody. We'll eat together. It'll be fun. It's looking for opportunities to share your faith, your story. How has Jesus changed your life? What was your turning point like, Simon? Can you tell that story? See, we're the net casters, and Jesus is the net filler. And as we step into the new year, it's that verse four that's just kind of ringing in my mind, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. So, how is God leading you to put your hand on the net this year? 
Because wherever the people of God are not engaging in the church of God, there's a hole in the net. So how is the Lord leading you to put your hand on the net this year? What are the holes that you could fill? Jesus is recruiting you onto his mission team, and there's a big catch. He's pursuing the lost. He's after our hearts, and he's after their hearts. Have you grown weary? Have you grown frustrated? Do you feel like, ugh, futility, frustration? Maybe today you just need to hear the words, one more cast. Will you take the mission medicine and say, if you say so? And like the kids on the playground playing Red Rover, may our net be strong and may we go fishing with Jesus. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.